What's up, everybody? You're listening to Games Tech and Things, the gaming podcast that seeks to inform you about the ways video games have affected technology throughout the ages. From the days of old and the SNES era, all the way to the modern era with computers and PC. Each week, we explore this topic with a co-host that brings their own insights into the topic right here at 3 p.m. on Fridays on Anchor. What's up, everybody? You're listening to Games, Tech, and Things, the gaming podcast that seeks to inform you about how video games can be used in other applications. With me today is a returning co-host, Sarah McKellar, a marketing business manager, I think you said? Marketing management. Marketing management major here at Piedmont University. How are you doing today, Sarah? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great. Just getting getting work done around here. There's a lot to, to go around, you know? All right. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, it's always a joy. So, this week, we are going to go ahead and do a follow-up to a previous episode that we did with Luke Mitchum, Mm -hmm. where we discussed how loot boxes are changing the industry and how they're currently being outlawed. And while Luke gave some amazing insights into the industry, I think that you would be able to give some better ones as a result of your time with loot boxes. I don't know who told you about my time with loot boxes, but you would be correct. So, uh, yeah, I'd be uh, more than happy to give you some insight as to how that's going. All right. So, I know you have some experience with loot boxes, most of which is probably negative, just as a result Mm. of how loot boxes are designed in general. Yes, actually. I had an incredibly negative experience with loot boxes, especially, I would say, in my developmental years where I was uh, for a very long time dependent on video games and online communities for um, sort of social stimulation. And that's sort of a lot of what I was doing was online through video games. And a lot of video games I played, or at least one of them, um, included loot boxes and loot box-like mechanics. And uh, and you can, I'm sure you already know where it's going to, or, you know, where this is going, because as a young child, um, without any sort of boundaries for or any understanding of value of currency or um, or the sort of the definition or understanding of the definition of addiction or gambling addiction, um, things did not go down a very uh, good path for a time. I don't think I've ever talked about this to anybody else. So, dang it, Chris. All right. Yeah, I'm deeply sorry that this ended up happening to you just because it is such a important topic to discuss, and I hate to bring it up, but it's just... It's just that important because, yeah. like you said, during developmental years, mm-hmm. this sort of thing can really entice a young child and oh, make yeah. them feel like that. It's uh, it's crippling. It 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 can be crippling, to, especially to development and um, sort of the development of the understanding of value and development of so, of personal responsibility, as well as the development of uh, delayed and instant gratification. Learning those sort of things early, or I suppose having the inappropriate things um, sort of learned that early or that young can lead to troubles later on and lead to difficulties in relationships as well as um, finance management in the, in the future. It, it was a, I'm glad to have kind of gotten through it. But I, I was for a very long time when I saw that, especially in the EU, um, that or was it Australia that was trying to outlaw it? For whoever started first, I remember for a very long time I was like, oh, I could, I could, I had a case. I definitely have a case because it was it was just bad, man. It's bad. 
it's very the predatory practices of in every loot box, any platform that has loot boxes does it does it the same way. Yeah, I believe it was Australia that ended up being the first group that ended up just starting to outlaw and starting to take an offensive stance against these types of mechanics just because there's such a what's the predatory. There's such a predatory practice. And so looking at the industry as a whole, it's definitely a blemish on the industry just because there's so many factors that go into play here. Just the flashing lights, the way that it simulates gambling and everything, Mm -hmm. and the ways that the gaming industry has been attempting to self-regulate in order to not get any form of legislation passed against it. Yeah, they're fighting really hard. It's fairly... It was especially to me disgusting to see how hard they were fighting to keep in how they were so. It, it seems to be um, a measure of groupthink going around where, or or just willful ignorance of the effect it has, especially on younger people, but as well as adults. You're feeding addiction is what you're doing, and you're profiting off of that, which is not ethical, but it is lucrative. And I know a lot of gaming industries have kind of caught on to that being lucrative. That um, digital purchases, all those sort of things. Um, those are incredibly lucrative as opposed to doing what would be ethical and maybe, I guess, not implementing loot box systems and games that aren't, I mean, I really, they shouldn't be in games rated T downwards, maybe. But, I mean, even adults, they get, it can ruin lives, but also make livelihoods. So I guess that's where it's, it's got, a, got a conundrum. It definitely is a deeply seated conundrum in the industry right now because it's certainly a it's certainly a large way that a company can end up producing more funds after a game has ended its life cycle and everything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I saw some statistics or something where, you know, Endgame um, for Avengers, they got it was in the billions, but and there was a game, it was billions, one that one time billions of that time where they're selling tickets and all that. Um, of course there's royalties and all that. But online games, especially mobile games, they get that that's a that's a penny um, when compared to what mobile games make of all their microtransactions and everything. It's it's there's a lot to be made in appealing to microtransactions, and it's really a I'm not sure how we're going to get out of this hole that we're kind of actively digging. It's definitely going to be a really hard hole to dig ourselves out of, just because they become a mainstay in the industry since what like 20. 14, 2016, I want to say. I guess in 2014 is when they started to really start appearing in mobile games as a whole. And then. Yeah, mobile games. I remember I had my little eye touch when I was little, and all those games did not have any, any like microtransactions. And it was just all fun and games. Everybody's just kind of learning, kind of dipping their toes into the environment of online games or, you know, mobile games from going from Flash into mobile games. Um, Oh, boy. The monetization is just crazy. It's been ramped up and crazy. I don't know how to start going. It's, I don't think we've even reached a peak yet. I don't think we've even reached a peak yet. Excuse me. But I'm, I'm not sure when we're going to start going down. Hopefully soon. It's definitely something hard that for a person to bring up. And especially since there are many groups and everything advocating for the breakdown of these types of systems, like even whole entire government systems, like you were saying earlier with Australia and even the EU is currently in lawsuit battles against, I guess, I think it's EA right now Mm -hmm. with, with how they've been managing microtransactions like in 2K and FIFA and all that. Oh yeah. I remember I saw a headline where it's like, they just busted an entire warehouse full of computers that were mining stuff for FIFA. 
Like it's lucrative for every almost everybody, money wise. But oh my god, or you know, goodness, uh, it just it's it's not good, man. <laughs> just thinking about uh, my experience just makes me feel incredibly disheartened towards future generations where there's not as much support for that sort of thing. Um, as, especially once you're out of that uh, environment of it actively happening to you, once you're an adult and you have, you're living with those consequences, when you go to seek help, we're not at a place in society where people are taking it seriously, where it's like video games, no, no way, that's, that can't have done that to you. But uh, if you, gambling, it can, gambling is just as real in video games as it is in the casino or, you know, horse races and all that. You can still you get those exact adverse effects Yes, it's with something that's a little newer, and I think people need to kind of get a grip on where we're where we're going with that. Yeah, it's it is definitely something that people need to get a grip on, and something we'll be sure to explore after we get back from this short commercial break. Uh, coming up, we have a short commercial from Connor Jelly right here on Games Tech and Things. Hey, do you like talking about body health? Do you like talking about stuff that you know? helps lift up the rest of the world and will help you improve your health. We'll tune in every Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. right here on Z98.7 FM, the student radio station at Piedmont University, to listen to Jelly Time, hosted by Connor Jelly. And we're back. We were talking about how loot boxes can affect those with lesser fortitude for these sorts of things. And that includes children and those with developmental issues. And I believe that children are the most affected by this because they have no sense of money, like you were saying earlier. Mm -hmm. And it just becomes a fun mechanic. They see flashing lights and they think, oh, this is good. I should keep doing this. And not necessarily, that's not necessarily the only thing that's telling them to keep going. It's the, there's a lot of, not, it's not even subliminal at this point. It's so blatant. Some of the, some of the things, some of the flashing lights and messages are, are oh, you, you almost got this one more. I, or you can go back to the shop and buy more crates. Or you can, oh, it's like, oh, I, I have a feeling about this next one. There's, there's things in there especially more, um, I suppose, um, uh, like so social or, you know, interactive leaning prompts for them to continue their behavior, um, as well as the, the dopamine. You'll get that shot of, oh, that's, that's so great. I finally got what I was going for. I only had to buy 500 boxes and what, and I don't even need to deal with that because that's what, on my mom's credit card? That, that What is that? What's the, it's just, oh, God. And sorry, it's just the, and also, um, besides loot boxes, um, the currencies as well, buying currencies. Mm -hmm. That can that also dilutes the uh, understanding of value. Right, it's, because the whole yeah, because the whole goal behind the currencies and everything is to get you to transfer out of game money into in game money that you then use the in game money to buy loot boxes and other cosmetics. And that's the sort of break down the barrier between, you know, spending actual money mm -hmm. on these loot boxes and everything. Yeah, if you, you it's really important to teach kids that while a <coughs> virtual, virtual, um, goodness, virtual materials and for virtual tender can be, I suppose, 
can be beneficial. To, like you can you can put in money on your on on your bank account and it, and it be it pop up as numbers. That's fine. That's that's tender tech, technological tender, I suppose. But um, it's when you're giving money that you could be using with something a little more tangible. When you're putting money towards that, and then you get really what it is is nothing back. You just get access to something that you won't own. You can't invest in later on. Well, you can definitely invest in it, but you can't use it for anything else besides what it is for this company, and it doesn't have any sort of um, gravity outside of the environment it's in. It's just it gets it gets really messy when you when that's the foundation that kids get starting out, as opposed to when they learn that at a separate situation where there's a little more control. And there's a little, a little less uh, predation on them and their uh, their their brains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is a predatory practice as a whole, just because there's such a large amount of this going on in the world, especially with kids who grew up from 2016 to now or 2014 mm-hmm. to now and everything. And I think probably the best example, or less an example, but the best explanation of what's going on and everything actually comes from South Park, in my opinion. I don't know if you've seen the uh, episode on South Park about this, mm-hmm. where um, I think it's Stan who's having problems with a mobile game that has a bunch of microtransactions in it, mm-hmm. and he keeps spending more and more on microtransactions because he has a the, he's not having a developmental issue, but he has addiction issues and everything. Mm-hmm. And those addiction issues worsen and are sometimes brought on by those and they definitely worsen and everything. Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to play this short clip for you and I want to get I want to hear what you think about it just because it is a I I think it's a very not imperative. I think it's an imperative take on how loot boxes and how microtransactions as a whole have been predatory in general. Mm-hmm. So just give a listen to this and tell me what you think. So you've got dopamine, right? That's the chemical that gets released in your brain whenever you do something pleasurable, like eating, sex, and that's just nature, right? Like rabbits and fish and shit. They need dopamine so that they want to consume and reproduce. Okay. But because humans have progressed and now have access to all the shit they want whenever they want it, it's easy for them to overdo and have dopamine problems. You know, it's not fucking rocket science, this stuff. So, like, if you keep doing something too much, eventually there's, um, a dopamine f*** up, right? And you're kind of screwed up for life. So what does that mean? I I can get addicted to everything so I can't enjoy anything? Yeah, that's pretty much what it means. So I think that clip from South Park really, not deeply, but gives a crash course in what ends up going on with a person when they're abusing loot boxes and everything. They're getting that boost of dopamine like you just heard, and... It's affecting people in extremely negative ways, especially for people who have, you know, some form of developmental issues or addiction that runs in the family. Or anybody who's got, I know, depression or anything that would make them more susceptible to to boosting that, wanting to boost that dopamine in any way possible. That can really just put a nail in the coffins. It really can because it's a harmful thing that needs to be regulated as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I don't... Personally, I don't care if it's self-regulation or if it's legislative regulation at this point because it's something harmful. It's started to become regulated in some fashion. However, at the rate it's going, it's not going to be regulated until we're well in our 30s. Yeah, I think especially if um, I think the pandemic probably accelerated some things, some things and slowed down some things. It needs to something needs to happen fast. It needs to either. We need to be keeping a very close eye on EU, Australia, 
and make see what they're doing then maybe implement something here but that, but that takes having politicians that are who care about that and would be um and would be uh, receptive to those sort of changes and thinking those things matter exactly and it's something that's not going to change unless you know we the people start deciding that hey this has gone too far we need regulation in this or the industry needs to self-regulate before things get too bad and I believe you had a modern example that you had that you wanted to discuss. It's up to you if you want to oh, bring it up. Oh, just a, a tiny modern example. But um, b- before that, just I also mentioned that I saw another headline. Sorry, I don't have any sources for these, but it was like a study shows that eighty nine percent of children on on uh, online games get bullied, and I was like, no poo. Everybody in the gaming community knew that, but it's just it just shows how far behind mainstream media is and mainstream society is on what really happens in the gaming community for bad behavior. And for the modern example I had um, would be planned obsolescence, and that's planned obsolescence when something starts working stops working um, as a plan from the per- person who pr- who produced it, so that the person using the product will buy something different or pay for something different to happen. Um, and I've noticed that I've been keeping very close tabs on everything I play now as an adult and noticing, like, for, sorry to call this out, but Candy Crush, um, they have um, in-game currency. And I remember I tried to not do any currency in any games or any pay, pay any money. Enjoy the game for what it is. So I was playing, getting incredibly far, and sometimes you get free currency and such and all that. And so it'll fill up your little piggy bank, but because if you don't pay, you won't be able to fill it up to max. You only have this many, this many. And I saw, I noticed that while I was playing, even though I was earning all this currency, it was no longer displaying or letting me use it. And so I was like, that's weird. So I, I kept trying to tap it and see what was wrong, but it wasn't, um, didn't seem to be an issue that was wide, or well, it was an issue that was widespread. And when I was looking at the solutions, the solutions were, oh, as soon as I bought something, it started registering again. Or as soon as I, like, I, and that's, that seems to be what, um, that's a very simple solution. A very that's like the most obvious solution is the only way to change this number is to get some added in a different way than I've been adding it. So let me buy it just to fix it, and then that's that's getting that's them getting my money, but it's also fixing my problem of I need more of this or I need to be able to use this, and it's not working. Um, and I noticed that certain games would actually make a lot of games to make things harder unless you they pay. It's called paywalling. They paywall certain stuff that you can that would make your game a little more or a little easier on you or a little more um, fun. It's not just paywalling isn't just exclusive to cosmetics, exclusive to functionality. It can be boost. Um, and knowing that that is that paywalling happens all the time in games, especially single-player games sometimes. Well, network games, sorry, not single-player games. Um, seeing how, just seeing it in motion, I suppose, with you know something as widespread and addictive as Candy Crush, I was like, oh, so this is... This is how they get you. If they hadn't already gotten you, they get you this way. Uh, it was definitely just really interesting to see. I still play. Haven't haven't bought anything. I just don't. I no longer use the the function of the in game currency because it's broken. Quote. Yeah, it definitely is a. It's definitely a scummy tactic as a whole. Mm-hmm. And while we're on the topic of planned obsolescence, that is the type of thing that keeps people coming back for more. Keeps people buying more and more. It's like with FIFA. Each year, they put out a brand new oh, game. It's the same game. Exactly. It's the same game every every. And I, I know my sister. She loves the sports games. Anybody who I I don't mean to call you out or be mean, but anybody who who 
frequently enjoys and finds reason to purchase finds reason to purchase the um the new FIFA games, the new sports games as they come out. When this is the exact same game, nothing new added except a new gambling feature, and now they add ads within the games. Like mm-hmm. if you keep playing that game, you you basically playing the same game that you got what six years ago. You could have it. It's just up what updated graphics. It's 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 just uh, oh boy. Yeah, it's definitely a scummy tactic, and these games that are expressly made with the purchase of just churning out money year after $60 year. $60 games, it's the same, they, for the same price every year. the same every price year. each year, and they each have their My Team modes where you can go head-to-head with other players, and you have to have these cards or else you're just not going to succeed. And each year, those cards reset, making it to where you have to buy more or start earning. Wait, and are th- you serious? Those ga- the the cards you have reset, or do the cards like in the meta set reset? So, from year to year, as you progress, that previous year's cards mm-hmm. do not roll over to the next game. Are you you don't get any currency. You don't get any cards. You don't get jack. You go into the next oh my game. God, I didn't even with I nothing. Thought- I didn't know that. I thought you uh, seeing how much money these people pay, and and you they you don't keep you don't own, see that's the thing you don't tangible you don't own anything. It's the company loaning basically loaning you something for you giving them your very tangible dollar, and that that's uh, God, I didn't even know that. Oh, are you serious? It's a terrible it's a terrible practice. It you really is, and that's that. how they keep getting people year after year to spend more and more. That's how they get their billion dollar profit margins as a result of this. That's how EA earns that kind of money. I hate EA. I I, I grew up um, with games where EA. I grew up with games made by Maxis. Maxis is the original maker of the Sims franchise, as well as Spore. I for, and some of the Sim City Sim City Sim. Basically, the Sims franchise was made by Maxis, held by Maxis. They were doing a wonderful job. They weren't nickel and diming their uh, consumers. Wonderful content per package. They, their prices were reasonable for the content. They were reasonable for the content. And I remember being little and playing the games, and, and suddenly an update came up, and then something changed where EA was now in the credits. And I can pinpoint that as a time when things started going downhill co- for consumer care-wise and consumer consideration-wise. That's when things started getting more expensive for less content, um, more, you have to be ne- corrected to the network to do this, or you have to start buying things. Is the, ugh, EA just generally they're not well? No, no. EA is the is the poster child for worst gaming company, I believe. I don't think and never don't go to EA. Never go full EA. But oh boy, yeah, no, I've got some problems with EA. But I do keep coming back for Sims, which is very frustrating for me because it's they also appeal to nostalgia. I've been playing for. I remember watching my sister play when I couldn't, like, talk about it. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't even be like, like, like I was so small. I love EA. I hate, oh, I mean, I love their games. See, it's it's just so I love the games, and and some and they know just when to start putting in quality to keep people coming back from being like people are sick of them, sick of them, sick of them. Then they do something just a little, just good enough, just good enough for them to get your dollar again, and then you're back in. Ugh. Yeah, it's Ugh. yeah. It's definitely something that's been boiled down to a science and their developing development and marketing teams. And so I want to thank you for coming out today, Sarah. I know this is a tough topic to topic uh. talk about just because there's such a large amount of this controversial topic and play style out there. So I want to thank you for coming out and speaking on your experiences with this because it's 
important to know and people need to hear about this. Absolutely. You're, you're so welcome. And I just want to say for anybody listening, if you, from for whatever reason, if you feel like you have a gambling problem, you feel like it even a little bit, go talk to someone about it and get it checked out. Because you, you probably, especially if it's video games, you probably do. And you, it's not... It's not obvious to you that it's addiction. It's just, oh, but I just buy loot boxes. I just do it. I, 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 set, I set aside time to always buy loot boxes. But no, some, so just, just keep an eye on it. Check on it. Because it, it, gambling can really come from anywhere at this point. We're at a place where a lot of people are implementing it in their marketing. So definitely talk to someone, maybe Chris, and then come on his ch- channel and talk about it. All right. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you for listening in on this episode of Games, Tech, and Things. Make sure you tune in again next week on Friday for our final episode right here on Anchor and Spotify.